Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show, bringing you inside rumors and transactions around the league with your hosts, Keith Smith and Trevor Lane. Brought to you by LakersNation.com and CLNS Media. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Free agency is starting to wrap up, but we still have a ton to break down. Keith Smith joining me as always, cap expert, Yahoo Real GM, and of course, this show. And let's throw in Celtics blog too. I guess if we have to, we'll throw out a, a Celtics reference here. Keith, how are you doing, man? I'm good, man. We don't have to talk about the Celtics. We're doing the Western Conference today. That's so that's let's right. Get into it. This will be about <laughs> as Celtics free as it as it gets today. But um, you know, actually, before we even dive into into everything, quick shout out to our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. All you have to do is head over to clnsmedia.com/slash/nbafo. And then you punch in the promo code CLNS50 and you get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. So tons of things happening around the Western Conference. And look, the West, we've said it before, the West is a dogfight. I mean, it's been that way for years, but I can't believe the way things have, have shaped up for this Western Conference. It is going to be absolutely nuts. And I guess if, if we're going to go alphabetical, uh, we need to start with the Dallas Mavericks. Keith, what do you, what's your take on what the Mavericks have done so far in uh, this offseason? Yeah, hey, well, one more shout out before I talk about the Mavs. This is not a paid for ad, but uh, Tre- Trevor knows I got here to Las Vegas and I have had nothing but uh, the most uh, severe toothache of my entire life. So shout out to uh, Smiles for Life Dentistry here in Las Vegas for taking care of me and uh, <laughs> getting get me back up and running. Yeah. Uh, so if you're ever out here and you need some emergency dental work done, those are the guys. Go see them. They're, they're just off the strip about 10 minutes away. So you know, just want to shout them out real quick it was uh it was a rough first few days here in las vegas for me but yeah uh, las yeah. vegas has not been kind to to keith <laughs> these last few days here yeah keith is ready to go home <laughs> that will happen first thing tomorrow morning as uh we're recording this on thursday i am out friday morning and cannot wait to get home and see my family but all right the dallas mavericks um you know the mavericks did a lot of retaining their own guys but then added a couple key guys i think rotation players so big deal first was chris Tapps pouring his full max contract we always knew that was coming mm-hmm. when they made that trade based off everything they gave up for him they extended dwight powell that one's a little more controversial i guess a little, a little confusing you know they, they gave powell a pr- pretty good uh, uh contract extension there about 33 million dollars or so um in guaranteed money then maxi kleba got um a full four-year contract team option at the end of that dorian finney smith got a three-year deal uh coming off of what was his best season for about uh 12 million or so and then they went out and went chopping on the free agent market added seth curry uh second round with dallas if i am correct a four-year deal for him about 32 million then they went and got delon Wright, uh restricted free agent they ended up working a sign and trade with the memphis grizzlies to get him and he got about 27 million or, or so in that range uh declined deal for right and then uh boban was their kind of last big big addition at about um seven million or so and he'll he'll come in there and um, probably be the backup five man and then they also brought back jj barea and dallas is oddly enough they had been the team that was sitting there with you know a ton of cap space and everybody was kind of wondering what they're doing well they actually ended up uh, staying as an over the cap team 
So they took um, right into the massive con- or trade exception that they had for Harrison Barnes. That's how they acquired him. And then everybody else is going to be acquired with um, various chunks of other exceptions. So the uh, non-taxpayer and then um, the other guys are, are their own free agents. So they're using the bird uh, rights for those guys. So Dallas, you know, kind of a complicated um, offseason summer here, but it looks looks like it's wrapping up for them. And you know, did did okay. I, I think I think their fans hoped for more and didn't didn't really get it. Dallas seems to be that team that's always a, looked at as a a possible uh, option for a lot of the top free agents out there, and they just never seem to land that guy. So I guess I guess with that through that lens, going all in after Porzingis makes a lot more sense since they haven't been a major landing spot for the top free agents lately. Um, I do like the Seth Curry signing though. I think that's going to be a really nice fit around Doncic. I mean, he was in the, I believe 98th or 99th percentile as a spot up shooter on synergy. I mean, this is, this is elite level spot up shooting. There's a lot of other things he can't do, but in terms of floor spacing, you're not going to find many guys out there that were better than what Seth Curry can bring. No, absolutely. And I think him and Wright are going to be a really nice um, offense-defense combo. I, well, I'm curious to see how they start games. I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if Curry starts with Doncic being the primary ball handler and then Wright comes in and then Wright takes over the ball handling. He's probably the better, as I said, defensive option there. I, and I thought they got really good values on both Kleba and um Finney Smith. I think those are two guys that are pretty good players, and I think they, they did all right with those two. So I think that's that's also really important to consider here. So, you know, the, the only move I don't love for them is the Powell extension because yeah. I just don't don't think he's a great fit alongside Porzingis. But, you know, it is what it is. And I, now we're starting to hear a little bit of spin. I think you referenced, started reference it a little is – Porzingis was really their offseason acquisition. They just right. made it at the trade deadline and blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, but you still could have had, you know, 20, 30 million to spend and, you know, didn't. But, you know, they're, they're going to be okay. I think they'll be in the mix in the West. It's, you know, probably the best they can do at this point. Yeah. And look, they, they've got another, they've got another season here for, for Doncic to, to grow alongside Porzingis. Yeah. And if those two really pop and, and Porzingis already has, if he can stay healthy, and those two can really form a, a formidable duo, then I think they're going to be looked at as a more attractive landing spot next summer. And they could be using that uh, that mid-level, mid-level exception to go after some players there in what's going to be, though, an admittedly thinner free agent market next summer. Yeah, absolutely. And keep an eye on uh, Courtney Lee, 12.7 million mm-hmm. expiring contract that they could definitely use in season to bring in some help. Um, Hardaway, he's got a player option for next year at about 19 million. So I'm going to assume he's going to pick that up, but, but we'll see. But yeah, so, so a couple interesting moves still that Dallas could make as the season unfolds. So let's move over to the Denver Nuggets, a team that, um, I mean, look, they, they didn't do a ton. But I think that's exactly what they should have done. I love the way that yep. they played this played this summer because they didn't need to go make a bunch of splashy moves. They could have sacrificed a ton in order to go get an Anthony Davis or something like that if they if they really wanted to go all in. But given their trajectory, I, I think they played things very very well. I love um, the some of the additions that they made. I mean, obviously an addition to Michael Porter Jr. If he can stay healthy, I, I like that one a lot. Uh, Paul Millsap, I thought they made the the right decision there. Picking up uh, his option and uh, and landing Grant in that that trade with Oklahoma City, I, I I thought that was a a really smart move as well. So you know even though the Denver Nuggets didn't make some big splash that's going to really move the needle a ton, I think they had a really smart off season. 
Yeah, I'm with you. There wasn't a lot to be done. The, the big decision was made just before free agency opened when they picked up Millsap's team option. And then, then from there, it was, you know, going and getting Jeremy Grant. They had a couple of big trade exceptions. They used one of them to get Grant to bring him in. And that's the you know, really good value, $9.3 million for him. You know, really good, solid player, I think. He's going to really help them. They didn't have a big... Um, necessarily like him or or forward like him i should say that's you know kind of bouncy energy guy um but grant's also a much improved shooter so i think you know that gives them the opportunity as well to sit Millsap at times uh, which i think would really benefit him uh the, at this point in his career and they just they, they didn't have another guy who could step right in it would have had to have been probably hernan gomez and porter who's really untested so so we'll see it's um yeah and then jamal murray they inked him to the full uh max um extension five years with him so they're really kind of committed now for at least the next few years to their kind of young core group of Jokic, murray gary harris and will barton that's that's you know those guys are all locked up at least through 2022 Jokic and murray go out a little bit longer than that so you know it'll be you know fun to see if this team can take that next step going into next season yeah i mean look they're baking on chemistry they're baking on consistency being big for them and and so i think that they uh they made the right moves and they kind of taken their lumps and we'll see if they can make that jump next season uh last thing here on on jeremy grant um kind of interesting because they they really could uh be looking at jeremy grant if he picks up his option for the 2020 season as sort of a, a sort of insurance against paul Millsap potentially leaving them yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that is you know one of the things there, and then that gives you almost a little bit of a bridge to hoping maybe Porter is ready mm-hmm. uh, after after that as he's going into his third year at that point. Um, you know, so you would be kind of hoping that he's ready to step in and and all you know signs are good. I, I heard from a few people that the knee injury he suffered in the uh, summer league uh, kind of. Uh, lead up training camp, whatever you want to call it, is not that serious that he probably could have played, but they decided to hold him out. So yeah, we'll we'll see what the, the Nuggets do. They they do still have um a little bit of uh the spending power, they still get the full non-taxpayer MLE. The challenge for them is they're only about $1.7 million or so under the tax. So I would not expect anything big here for them. They'll, they'll sign Bull Bull, their second-round pick, who is a guy that I think – yeah, I don't think – I know many people in that organization told me that they're really excited they had a first-round grade on him. Then you hear that all the time. So that's a, you know, take it with a pretty big grain of salt. But, you know, I think they are very excited to have him and bring him in, uh, Neo and, and let him learn behind Jokic. And maybe down the line, you, you get somebody who can, you'll be kind of a weird, big, dual big, but, you know, kind of really do fit together pairing there. Yeah. I thought that was a decent risk, uh, being taken on their part. Uh, all right. Let's move on. The, <laughs> The giant has fallen um, to a degree. I mean, look, the, the Golden State Warriors, they are – I feel like people are writing them off and they shouldn't be. I don't think that they're that we can completely write them off. Just the, the incarnation of the Golden State Warriors, the death lineup, the team that was this juggernaut for so long, that's gone. That team yeah, is now a, a distant absolutely. memory, but that doesn't mean that the Warriors are done. No, it doesn't. But, you know, what's funny is I, I was looking at this this morning. I think it's almost easier to talk about who's back. <laughs> from it really last is. Year's team. So it's Stephen Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, but we all know he's going to be hurt. Kevon Looney, Alfonso McKinney, and Jacob Evans. That's yep. it. 
that's it. That's it. No, nobody else is bad. Everybody else is gone. Sean Livingston was waived as they, they had to do that to avoid the, the hard cap. And that's, you know, for me, that's what this Warriors summer is all about. It's about retooling. It was about retaining clay. I think they, I think they were pretty smart about knowing that they were going to lose Durant. So I think they really set things up there is, you know, we're going to be cautious as we move this thing forward. They know that that's probably coming, but yeah, I, you know, as far as rebounding from that, I think they did well. D'Angelo Russell coming in. Um, it was very weird in his introductory press conference to have them all, you know, kind of openly reference like this could only be a one year thing. And mm-hmm. he's, you know, a big trade chip out there. So that'll be kind of interesting to see where that goes. That's probably a next summer kind of thing. They're obviously not going to rush Clay back. So this seems going to take a big step backwards. But, you know, I like some of their other moves around the fringes. Willie Collie Stein, you know, interesting. You know, kind of guy there maybe can really learn from Draymond, you know, how, how to play inside Alec Burks, Glenn Robinson, the third couple veterans, Omari Spellman. I like that better than Damian Jones. That's, you know, fine. And then, um, you know, their, their draft picks, uh, Jordan Poole, Eric Pascal and Alan, uh, Alan Smilagich. Well, we'll see. You know, I, they, they, you know, signed all of them long term. So, which is fine. You know, that you, you should be at this point. You're just trying to catch lightning in the bottle with one of those guys. But yeah, for the first time in, you know, a long time, it's going to be, you know, you're just going to be waiting for the, you know, tweets about Steph's got it going. And that's going to be really the only time you need to probably really dial in and watch the Warriors this year. You see, I think I look at the D'Angelo Russell move as a, a brilliant way to not rush Clay Thompson to come back because you've got mm-hmm. – and look, they're not the same player by by any stretch of the imagination, but you've got that guy that can slide in there. He can play off ball. You can throw him out there and get some scoring out of him. Um, so I thought that was a really nice way to pivot on the, the Kevin Durant loss by getting a talent like him. And Russell is, is apparently very well aware that he could eventually be moved. But for him, it's, hey, I'm getting a max deal. That's the most important part. And then I'll see where, where I land after that. Um, you know, come playoff time, you're looking at a, a death lineup, or at least a maybe we should call it the sickbed lineup or, or something <laughs> something like that, the hospital lineup. I don't know. You're, um, I don't know that it's a death lineup, but, but you're looking at Curry, Russell, Clay, Draymond, and, and Kevon Looney, which I mean is fairly formidable. It's not the same as the the vaunted death lineup that that included Durant and Iguodala, but I mean this is still a, a team that is going to be able to make some noise and is not a team that we should be writing off completely or anything like that. Yeah, I've heard all these people say that they're definitely out of the playoffs, and I think that's no. just crazy. No, you know, I think, crazy. think that they're you know their offense should be really really good. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they are going to take a pretty big step back defensively because Draymond just doesn't bring it you know, 82 games right. anymore. I think, you know, he's, he, he's one of those guys who he likes to talk about 16 game players. I think that's kind of what he's turning into at this point. It's uh you know, so they, but they're, they're going to score. They're going to be tough to, to defend, you know, for a lot of teams, it's going to be hard to defend Curry and Russell. Yeah. And, you know, I would expect those two guys to put up a lot of numbers. So I, th- I think they'll, they'll be, they'll be in the mix. I'm not, I'm not ready to write them off completely either. Yeah. Never underestimate, the motivation of a contract year. We're talking contract year Draymond here. So this that, there could yep. be uh, a bit more coming from him this next season. Okay, so now we jump over to the Houston Rockets. And real quick, this is actually, this part is actually being recorded after. Okay, just to give you guys a little inside glimpse here. So Keith and I recorded the whole show. 
And then about an hour or two after we finished, but before I could get in and edit the show and then publish it and do it, all that kind of stuff, the Thunder and Rockets actually completed a trade sending Russell Westbrook to the Houston Rockets in exchange for some picks and Chris Paul. And I'm going to break all that down in just a second here. But uh, but so we had talked all about the Rockets. We talked all about the Thunder. We had talked about the possibility of a trade happening, made a few jokes, things like that. And uh, lo and behold, the trade breaks, but... Remember Keith was talking about that toothache that he had? Well, he already took the pain meds that came along with that toothache. So when the trade broke, Keith was in no condition to come on here and talk about it. So that's why it's going to be just me for this segment here on the Houston Rockets. And then also again later um, with the Oklahoma City Thunder. So here's the trade. Here's what, what happened. The Rockets, you've got to love that they're this team that is always in the mix. Always in the mix for stars. Daryl Morey is constantly doing whatever he can to try to land stars and try to bring in more stars. They were a landing spot potentially for Jimmy Butler before he went to the Miami Heat. They were trying to figure out a way to make that happen. And we were hoping that it would because we wanted to see Jimmy Butler and Chris Paul and James Harden all trying to share one basketball and the hilarity that would ensue with that. But anyway, the Rockets were able to trade, actually trade Chick Paul. That's right. One of the one of the least tradable tradable contracts in the NBA got traded. And of course, that's why we never say never, no matter how bad a contract is, teams can sometimes find a way to move them. So Chick Paul gets traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder in addition to a first round pick in 2024 and one in 2026. And pick swaps in 2021 and 2025. That's what the Houston Rockets sent out. Now, the dangerous part here for the Houston Rockets is you're sending out those picks, and they were. This has been a new trend, right? Where teams are now asking for picks that are later. Usually, teams wanted them as quickly as possible. Give me that asset right now, as soon as I can get it. Now, teams are starting to get a little bit smarter. They're starting to project, hey, if this team is really good right now, we don't really want their pick right now. We want their pick. Years from now, when these players they've got at this moment have aged and they're no longer as good. So that's what we're seeing happening here. The Thunder are getting some picks coming on later. They're getting these first round picks in 2024 and 2026. And if you're keeping track, that means the Thunder have traded for roughly a billion draft picks between Paul George and Russell Westbrook. So we're going to talk about them more in just a moment. But what does this mean for the Houston Rockets? So this means that the Rockets are reuniting. Russell Westbrook and James Harden, they're going to give the duo a chance. And, and the report suggested that Harden was a big part of getting Russell Westbrook. We had heard that there were issues between Chris Paul and Westbrook in the past. But of course, the uh, the Rockets insisted that that was fine and there's nothing to it and and everything is, is all good and, and all of that. And then they trade Chris Paul. So depends on how much you really want to want to buy them saying that, oh, no, no, everything is, is good and dandy. But now they've got to try to figure out a way to make that work. There's one basketball, okay, that was sometimes an issue with Chris Paul, but Russell Westbrook is a guy who's used to having the ball in his hands a lot. James Harden, also a guy who's used to having the ball in his hands a lot. So that's something that the Houston Rockets are going to have to figure out. But in this league right now, where we've got all these duos, right? You've got all of these, these superstar duos that are teaming up. It's the NBA Jam world now. Uh, we now have another one here with the with Westbrook and Harden and the Houston Rockets. I would certainly say that Westbrook is a better player at the moment than Chris Paul. Now, contractually, what does this mean for the Houston Rockets? Well, Russell Westbrook is getting paid a ton. Okay, he's making thirty one, thirty eight million 
this next season. The following season after that, he's making $41 million. Then it jumps to $44, and then $47 million in the final season of this deal. Russell Westbrook has a massive, massive contract. So this is a major commitment from the Houston Rockets to absorb that salary. Now, look, you can say they were already paying a decent amount of money out to, out to Chris Paul, and that's true. But look, Russell Westbrook is this kind of guard that uh, that relies on his his athleticism, and it may not look. This could be a really bad deal in a few years. I guess that's the that's the bottom line. If I want to land my plane on that one, and it goes a year longer than the Chris Paul deal, so that's another thing to factor in as well. Chris Paul, uh, looking at his contract, uh, is making thirty eight million, then forty one, then forty four, and then that's it. Doesn't make that next jump. So there's uh, so it's actually could be a worse contract, but it really depends on how Russell Westbrook ages. If you're like me and you wonder a guy based on athleticism, is he going to be able to continue playing at a high level uh, a few years from now? Then maybe this deal's not going to look so good. But if you think that hey he's he's got enough skill to where he can still be valuable in a few years, you know maybe this is a deal that they that they had to make. Of course they're trying to do everything they can to win right now and keep up with the Joneses in the Western Conference, which is growing like crazy. Now Westbrook's contract is also going to line up with James Harden, so the thought the uh, Rockets are preparing themselves for perhaps a reboot at that point. Uh, Clint Capella will also come off the books in the final year there, so they they're still going to have some moves to make. I still think they need another big. Um, they, they just, they do Kenneth Fareed did some good things for them. Even with Clint Capella there though, they need something, um, in our first go round on this, Keith mentioned that he had heard that Tyson Chandler could be a possible option for them. And, uh, and I wouldn't hate that for them. I think that's, that's fine. If you're playing him like 10 minutes a game or less, um, watching the Lakers last season, we saw that he doesn't have a whole lot left. He did at the beginning of the season, but as the season wore on, he really struggled. Um, what I do like here though, is that the guys who the the Rockets were uh, looking at moving in order to facilitate a Jimmy Butler deal, and I'm talking about P.J. Tucker, I'm talking about uh, Clint Capella, those are the players that they managed to hang on to, were these players that we thought for sure would be going out. Eric Gordon as well, throw him into that list. So I like that they were able to keep them because those guys can actually be some really nice pieces around this new Rockets lineup that has Russell Westbrook and James Harden in it. Really curious to see what Harden's role becomes in Houston. I mean, he was basically playing point guard for a lot of his minutes out there on the floor. Uh, Chris Paul, I mean, he's not great. He's not. It's not like his natural thing to be off ball, uh, but they kind of made it work. I, I wonder if that's going to work with Westbrook and both of them can kind of be a little on the moody side so, sometimes. So we'll see how it all comes together. But hey, Houston Rockets making moves, doing what they have to do in order to try to contend in the Western Conference. And this is a team, like a lot of them that we've been saying, they're going to be right there in the West and they're going to be another tough out once they hit the Western Conference playoffs. All right, so let's talk about the the Clippers, who were one of the big winners this offseason, uh, pulled off a, a shocking trade, right? I mean, nobody saw this coming. This trade for for Paul George, and they gave up a ton in order to get it done. We're talking about, let's see, we've got the 2021 unprotected first from the Heat, a 2022 unprotected first, that's their own, the Heat's 2023, uh, top 14 protected, a swap in 2023, an unprotected 2024 first, uh, a swap in 2025, and an unprotected 2026 
first, which even as I'm saying it just sounds like a ridiculous amount of picks in addition to Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who they liked a lot, and Danilo Gallinari. You could argue that this is more than what the Lakers gave up for uh, for Anthony Davis, but the trade from the Clippers' perspective is to get both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and they're, the Clippers are going for it. They're really taking their shot here to win an NBA championship. And so on, on that level, it's it's commendable that they're they're biting the bullet to do what it takes to, to potentially uh, pick up their first title. Yeah, and that's you know, I'm glad you said it that way because that's exactly how it was described out here in Las Vegas is think of it as we traded all that to get both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard because mm-hmm. we don't get Kawhi unless we have Paul George. So, you know, and then they already had some pretty good guys that they were able to retain. They, you know, Montrose Harrell and um, – uh, Lou Williams, Lou Williams yeah. you know, the two two of the front runners, they ended up re-signing Jamichael Green via the room exception. Mm-hmm. They kept Rodney Magruder. They kept Avica uh, Zubac. Those are all good guys. Patrick Beverly, you know, another big time guy Bringing that they you know, were able to keep. So, you know, all, all around it is, um, you know, as you look at this there and then they added Maurice Harkless kind of on the fly by just jumping in to the Jimmy Butler trade to say, hey, we'll help out and take this guy. And they did all that while keeping their cap space clean and those kind of things. So this is really, really an impressive, um, you know, kind of on the fly build into a contender by the Clippers here without, you know, being – I've heard some people say, well, it's kind of like what Miami did. It is, but it isn't because they were able to add, you know, it's two guys versus three, but one of them wasn't – neither one was their own guy and, you know, all this stuff. So I really, you know, I am super impressed with the team they've put together. I think, you know, it's a good deep team that really fits together. I'd like to see them get another big with a little more range. Um, mm-hmm. But they're going to be they're going to be in the mix for everybody in the bio market and, you know, all that stuff now because just that that's you know where they're at there they are absolutely title contenders at this point which just sounds weird to talk about when it's the clippers it really is i mean given their their history they've been known as that inept franchise that could just never get out of their own way um <laughs> you know you, you go back to the days of like michael ola candy and and players like that where they could just never seem to get over the hump and uh, and now here they are, and and for some for some they are the title favorite at this point. And, and you know we listed out off off all those names, and we didn't even mention Landry Shamet yet, who yeah. is is an impressive young player in his own right. Uh, plays kind of a JJ Redick esque role for the Clippers. They run a lot of the same sets um, that they ran for JJ for uh, for Landry. So they've got some really solid pieces around Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Now we know Paul George is going to start the season injured. He's not going to yeah. be be ready to go. He had uh, surgery on both of his shoulders, so there's some concerns there. But other than that, I mean, their their ability to go add a wing like Mo Harkless, keep Jermichael Green on a great price. Uh, look, Lou Williams can carry you in the fourth quarter on any given night. He can absolutely blow up and be unstoppable. So he's going to be a, a great piece for them. Uh, look, all around, they have got a very, very solid roster. And potentially, if everybody's healthy, that trio of Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Patrick Beverly, um, it is if not the top three, probably three of the top five perimeter defenders in the NBA, which could be absolutely daunting trying to score on. Yeah, absolutely. And then you're going to see lineups with those three with uh, two of three of Green, Harkless, and Harrell. Mm-hmm. And that's really a group that can switch almost one through five and you know can do all sorts of different things. It's you know, I can only imagine Doc Rivers is already, you know, kind of, you know, just wakes up every day with a smile on his face thinking about all the, you know, defensive lineups he can put together because that is hard. That's where Doc is. You know, he's a he's in a defensive minded coach who wants to do things. So, you know, it's a 
it, it really is, you know, they're, they're going to be kind of must watch TV here. And, and you mentioned, you know, yeah, George is probably going to miss the beginning part of the year, but they've got the depth to get through that. Now mm-hmm. that'll probably mean it wouldn't surprise me if this team doesn't look super good until right around the first of the year because of that. Cause they're, they're not going to get a chance to really gel together in training camp and they're going to have to figure it out as they get into the season. But they, once they get there, they're going to be really, really good. Um, the only thing that I, I saw as questionable was the contract for Evita Zubats. I felt like that was that was a lot to get you know twenty eight million for four years. Now look, there's upside potential there. He's still young and person on a personal level. I like Evita Zubats a lot. He's a great kid, works real hard. Um, but it, it does feel like a little bit of an overpay. But you know that's that's nitpicking at this point given this roster that they put together. Yeah, you know when I look at it, seven million dollars a year for a guy who's only twenty two. That's that's fine. You know, if you know, and really what you're looking for out of him is 20 to 25 good minutes a night, mm-hmm. you know, and in with all these other guys who can do so many other things, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he averages, you know, 10, 12 points a game just because of all the attention his teammates are going to draw. So I think, you know, I'm, I'm actually fine with that contract. I don't, you know, maybe they were bidding against themselves a little bit because he was a restricted free agent. Mm-hmm. But I think at that point it was more of a situation of let's get this done and get in there before somebody comes in as you know I, I won't curse but saying is it only takes one yeah. a-hole you know to uh you know to come in and what they didn't need was someone coming in with a you know 10 million dollar a year offer sheet and then they're stuck because now well now we don't have a starting center and you know what do we do so yeah you know and i, and I think you know, again 22 years old so you should continue to get better you know here as it goes along so seven million average annual value that's fine this is a kid who, and just because he used to be a Laker, I've, I've got more of a, a wealth of knowledge about him. But he was, as a rookie, I got to interview him. And this is a kid who, who literally taught himself post moves via YouTube. Um, yeah. That's that's, yep. that's what he did as a kid in, in Croatia was he went on, on YouTube and he watched uh, he watched Marcusal and he watched Hakim Olajuwon. Those were the two guys that he watched. And uh, and he would practice all the post moves kind of on his own in his room, and then he'd go out to practice with his team, and he'd try them, and he'd try them all out, and that's that's how he's developed his game. And so you know you gotta love a story like that. So um, you know obviously happy for for Big Zoo. But um, hey, and what, yeah. one other thing too, um, just to note, the final year on that is a, a team option oh, okay. as well. So that that kind of almost makes it a three year deal for you know about twenty one million, you know, or a little over twenty million. So that's actually, you know, even better, you know, for the uh for the Clippers. And then, you know, there's some people who really like like the young kids that they drafted Mafondu Kabengale, I think mm-hmm. is how you say it. And Terrence Mann, you know, both both guys out of Florida State. Um we'll see, you know, more probably athletes at this point developmental guys will probably log a lot of time with the uh what are they, the Agua Caliente? Uh, yeah. Clippers or whatever it is, so they'll, they'll probably uh, be spending a lot of time with that group. But hey, do you want to go to Los Angeles's other team, the other team in LA? Yeah, I guess at this point <laughs> we gotta go over to the, the other team. Now, obviously, the Clippers are gonna get all of the headlines, right? But there is another team there. And I'm, I'm obviously kidding, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, the the Lakers look they, I mean, they didn't get Kawhi, and that's almost unbelievable in, in a way, given what they were offering, the chance it had at I mean, what would have been the favorite team in the NBA? And now we've got what looks like more like parody across the league. But uh, but you look at what the Lakers have done, and I think you've got to be at least, even if you're disappointed they didn't get Kawhi, I think you have to be satisfied in the way that they pivoted from Kawhi and landed some really nice pieces. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, I like to pick on you and all, but it is ridiculous the number of people who are like, the offseason sucked for them and this and that. You got Anthony Davis. I mean, come on. Yeah. You know, let's not be, be stupid here. This is, you know, going to be one of the best teams in the NBA. It's, it's, it's almost like one of those things where it's like, you know, how rich do you need to be if you get Kawhi? Right. But it is, uh, you know, as we look at it, it's, um, you know, now, some of the moves, they, the players are all fine. Some of the mm-hmm. contract structures, that's a little weird, and we can can get into that. Those things I don't necessarily understand or really love. But, you know, they're another team. It's easier to kind of talk about who's returning. So it's it's LeBron, Kuzma. Then they re-signed McGee, Rondo, Caldwell Pope, and Caruso. Um, those guys will all be back. They, uh, my Yahoo colleague, uh, Chris Haynes, reported looks like LeBron's going to run the point which that's fine offensively. He's not going to play the point on defense, and that's what really matters. So, you know, from there, then they added, added you know, guys like Avery Bradley, Quinn Cook, who can obviously take that on, as well as, you know, Rondo and KCP can both defend the point. Um, up front, they added DeMarcus Cousins and Jared Dudley. And then Troy Daniels is kind of a designated shooter. And then Danny Green, who's, you know, at that point in free agency was probably the best wing on the market in a 3 and D wing. That's, you know, those guys always do well alongside LeBron. So, you know, there's there's a lot of options here for Frank Vogel, how he's going to treat, treat this. I'm curious to see if they start Cousins and put Davis at the four where he likes to be, which probably pushes Kuzma to the bench. Or do they, you know, go supersize and go Cousins, Davis, James, Kuzma, and Green. It's, you know, there's a lot of different things um, that uh, Frank Vogel can do here. So I'm, I'm really curious to see how he puts this whole roster together. Yeah, and you know what, Frank Vogel did come out and say that he's made no decisions as far as LeBron being a point guard or anything like that, that that's, um, that's not something that has been um, has been decided upon or anything. But, you know, that, that whole story, it's like the initial, oh, oh my gosh, LeBron's going to be a point guard. It's like this, um, this initial shock and you go, oh, well, that doesn't mean anything's really, really yeah, changed. What, he's what he he's always been the point years. guard on, on exactly. offense. Um, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's more a question of, Who's he, you know, if he was defending point guards on the other end, which I think is a terrible idea, then Uh we could say maybe he's a, he's a point guard, but that's not going to happen. Look, he doesn't Uh need a true point guard next to him because he is. You just need someone who can defend point guards out there. And that's where you look at like an Alex Caruso or Avery Bradley or, or someone like that. Um, I look at the DeMarcus Cousins deal though, and I, that was the one that shocked me. Um, not so much that they got DeMarcus Cousins, but the price that they got him at. Uh, is is incredible to get him for for three point five million. I think that could be a major bargain for them. Yeah, Cousins did not look great when he first returned to the Warriors last mm-hmm. year. Then just as he was starting around into shape, he got hurt again. And then he came back, didn't look great at first, but then in the finals, he actually had some moments. So I think he looks good. It looked like when I saw him the other day, it looked like he dropped a considerable amount of weight, um, which is you know really going to be important for him going forward and i think you know him and davis had a pretty good connection in that time they spent together in new orleans mm-hmm. um you know obviously lebron is you know he's the ringleader there he's going to be the one who keeps you know guys going but i think you know they kept some solid vets i think you know rondo takes takes a lot of heat for all the things he isn't but he's a guy guys still respect javale mcgee is you know, much as we also like to think of him as a goofy clown, he's right. still a, you know, respected veteran. And then obviously guys like Dudley, Green, and Bradley come in with just a, you know, ton of, you know, things there. This is what, what's funny is how quickly in the span of a year, 
It went from being a super young team with LeBron to now it's completely morphed into a LeBron James roster, right? Yeah. Where it's um, it's an old team, you know, a bunch of yeah, it's an old team, a bunch of veterans around him and 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 Davis and all that. And I think I think what they've done is they've set themselves up to be really competitive for the next couple of years as we head into you know kind of maybe LeBron phasing out, mm-hmm. and then then what you do is then you're now you hand the reins over to Davis and then you rebuild you know, around him going forward is you know where I think this thing is heading. The only thing I mentioned it briefly, what I didn't like is I'm just going to run through them real quick, but they gave player options to Bradley Caldwell Pope, McGee and Rondo. And with Caldwell Pope, McGee and Rondo, that also gives them all no trade clauses because they'll all have bird or early bird rights at the end of those deals. Then if you're on what is effectively a one year deal with bird or early bird rights at the end, you get um, a no trade clause. So, so that'll be, you know, kind of, we'll see if it even ends up mattering, you know, down, down the line, we'll, we'll see where that all goes um, from there. But it's a, uh, you know, it's it's going to be curious to to see how this all you know eventually comes together. But I think it's more that is that was the price of doing business to get mm-hmm. those guys, yeah. and that's you know that's fine in the end. It's it's probably not going to end up mattering. Yeah, and I think that that look the player options aren't ideal certainly, but um, but I think the the flip side of it is you had a roster last season, the last few seasons where everybody knew they were going to be a free agent. And knew that the organization wasn't really committed to them, right? So, um, so when the going got tough, people were playing for themselves and playing for their own stats. And so the hope is that with guys feeling like a little bit more commitment is there, then maybe they will be, you know, more, um, on board with it, with the team first approach. But, but we'll see. Um, the other thing I want to mention before we get out of here, uh, on, uh, on the Lakers and move on is DeMarcus Cousins. I've already had a lot of fans asking me, well, okay, you've got him at 3.5 million. What if he has a bounce back season and they want to keep him as a team that is most likely going to be over the cap? What mechanisms are they going to have to potentially offer Cousins something bigger in the summer of 2020? Or is it like the Warriors where they were just kind of expecting that he was going to go somewhere else? No, that's a great call. It's exactly like the Warriors. If he comes back and has a monster year, there's really nothing they can do because they're just not going to have it. And it's a really weak free agent class. So, you know, if you're Cousins and you do have that big year and then get back out onto the market, he could really, you know, bounce back in a big way in terms of getting himself paid and then moving that thing forward, you know, for him, because he's a guy who, let's face it, when he tore the Achilles, really missed out on a massive mm-hmm. payday. So that's, you know, right. that's, that, that's tough. For him, so yeah, there's there's just not anything you can really do at this point. You're you're gonna be stuck, you know. Pay, you know, kind of just bringing them back. You could probably give them the full non-taxpayer, but is that going to be enough? When there are going to be teams with cap space, and as we've seen this summer, if teams have cap space, they spend it. You know, doesn't doesn't matter. You know, even if they're fiscally responsible, they spend it. So yeah, there's not not a whole heck of a lot you can do. So I think what you're hoping for is hope for the absolutely best. uh, one year you can get out of him and then wish him well on his way out the door next season. Right. Yeah. That's probably the situation that they are looking at. Um, okay. Let's, let's move on to a team that is going to be real rebuilding around some younger players moved on. The Memphis Grizzlies finally moving on from Mike Conley. Um, the grit and grind era is over, but uh, you know, there's some interesting things here. The Tyus Jones contract just stands out as, as maybe being a bit much. They committed to Jonas Valanciunas, but there's also some really interesting young pieces here to where maybe they've got something, uh, something brewing here in Memphis. Yeah. You know, I like a lot of the things that they did here was, I thought they got a really good haul for Conley and, um, they were able to, you know, then, then flip some of those guys into other things. So, you know, at the end of the day, the big, the big names that they added were John Moran and Brandon Clark at the draft. 
those two guys should be really good for them. Then they went out and trade and picked up Josh Jackson and DeAnthony Melton for really for Javon Carter. And that's taken a, you know, a real flyer on Jackson who hasn't, you know, panned out, but maybe, you know, change the scenery and you finally get this guy who, you know, there were several people who liked going into the draft. Mm-hmm. And then Melton is a guy, he's kind of NBA draft Twitter's, you know, darling and, you know, all this, I kind of go back to, well, if this guy's good, why didn't he play? He was on the Suns last year. And, you know, I mean, I know the easy answer there is, well, because the Suns are stupid, but, yeah, we'll see. And then, yeah, and then you mentioned it, right? They, they re-signed Jonas Valanciunas, so that's, you know, fine. Um, you know, I have no problem with, with that re-signing because I don't want Jaron Jackson Jr. to have to play the five right. full-time. So I fully get that. You're protecting your, you know, at this point, your, you know, uh, either your first or second most valuable um, commodity on the team. But it, it's either him or Morant. And then Jones, that one, it's a little bit of a head-scratcher because you let DeLon Wright go right. and replace him with Jones. And I think Wright's a better player than Jones. That's just my my opinion. But what was bubbling out here when I asked a couple folks about it is Wright was not going to be not, – not, it wasn't going to be a problem, but he wanted to play and play more. Um, and where Jones is, I think, accepting at this point of, hey, I'm a high-end backup. You know, right. I'm not saying I'm fine because they're going to hand the reins to John Morant and go. Um, but yeah, now, now they've got a bunch of veterans on the team like Jay Crowder, Andre Iguodala. It sounds like they might buy out Iguodala, but they're going to see you know where things go. I think they'd like to bring them in and have them around some of the kids for a little bit at least. And then Crowder will see um, Solomon Hill and Miles Plumley. They ate those two contracts to – you know, get a couple assets um, uh, on the you know books in terms of draft picks down the line. They waived Avery Bradley, they traded for, and then waved Dwight Howard, and then uh, you know Grayson Allen's there, second year guy. Maybe mm-hmm. he can become something. So yeah, it's a it's a very very um, interesting team in Memphis. I think they're going to be really really bad. I think they're going to be absolutely terrible. Um, but that's kind of what we knew was coming. So it's about being bad with a future, and they do have that. And I don't have in front of me, so this is off the top of my head, but I believe their pick is top six protected. That is correct. Okay, so that goes so, to Boston. So it it behooves them to be very very bad this season. Yep. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and then then it'll go to Boston unprotected in the next season. So that's it. it kind of depends on where you're looking draft wise. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm far from a draft guy, as you know, uh, especially this far out. So you know, I th- think we'll we'll have a better idea when we get around the trade deadline of where they're at and should that pick convey not convey and what is the draft starting to shape up as is this year and next year is better and then that's when they can really you know we'll, we'll get a sense of where where they're headed at that point right right good point um okay before we move on to the next team let's talk real quick about our sponsor betonline.ag we're gonna go with the baseball read on this one because basketball season is has wound down so let's go baseball. Lakers Nation's uh, sister site is is Dodger Blue, so we'll talk about them real quick here. Uh, baseball season is in full swing, and placing a wager on baseball has never been more exciting than with BetOnline.ag. This this week, I'm watching the Dodgers, which I'm watching every week because that's our sister site. And guess what? Because you are a loyal listener of the NBA front office show and CLNS Media, we're giving you an extra 50% added onto your sports betting bankroll when you go to clnsmedia.com slash NBAFO and then use the promo code CLNS50. The best part is the bonus will be added to your balance within seconds. Again, support our podcast uh, by going to clnsmedia.com slash NBAFO and then use the code CLNS50. A minimum deposit of $25 is required to qualify for the bonus. And please make sure you see BetOnline's official rules uh, for additional terms and conditions regarding bonuses. 
Okay, so let's move along here. Now, obviously, uh, Memphis was a, is an interesting team to look at moving forward, but, uh, the team that almost made a big move, almost got D'Angelo Russell, didn't turn out to, to, didn't come to work out for them. The Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, you know what? Interesting club. They've got a top talent in Carl Anthony Towns, <laughs> but it just, it feels like they, you know, they landed Jarrett Culver and I was fine with that, but otherwise it feels like this is a team that, just isn't quite where they should be given that they're building a team around towns. Yeah. A little stuck in the mud is how I think about the, very much the so. wolves. They, they, you know, Culver, we'll see. They made that you know move up to, to go get him. And, and I'm okay with that. Cause it sounds like they, they didn't have any interest in paying Dario Saric a new contract. So, you know, so, and then obviously the draft pick, you know, benefited them moving up. So, so that's okay. And then beyond that though, they, they didn't do a whole heck of a lot. They added Noah Vaughn, like who I actually really like, I think is going to be really mm-hmm. good for them. I, I wouldn't at, be surprised. 1.6 million. That's a good deal. Yeah, exactly. So I wouldn't be surprised. I think he's going to end up right around two. Um, but yeah, but we'll see, you know, where that comes in at. But it's, um, you know, with Vonley, I think he is going to end up being their starting four, uh, eventually alongside Towns. If not, he's going to be their backup, you know, uh, four or five, um, there. And, you know, he's better than anything that they've had in that role recently. And that's no knock on Taj Gibson, but I think Vonley really showed last year he was pretty good. Jake Lehman, you know, interesting kind of contract there, about 10 million or so mm-hmm. over three years, you know, or 11 million i guess it was you know we'll see where that works out jordan bell yeah that that was you know more just kind of taking advantage of his situation with the warriors and then they picked up a couple guys on non-guarantees and then they claimed ty wallace off of waivers who i think is already the best backup point guard on their roster as they lost uh ty jones so yeah, there's there's just not a lot here i think it's kind of uh gerson rosas and crew are gonna let this thing clean itself out a little bit and um it wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing them you know cycle you know guys in and around those guys i think i think they're probably you know i haven't done a full look at who i think will be playoff teams and who won't be i you know that's one of my goals from my plane ride home is to really sit down and think about that but it is um you know i i like the wolves roster but there's I feel like they're probably middle of the pack in the West at best, which probably means they're probably on. If you're middle in the pack in the West at best, you're probably on the outside of the playoffs. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, there was so there were rumors that they were, you know, very much in the mix for D'Angelo Russell, and that they believed they had a way to get to max cap space. Now, most likely, that would mean moving like Jeff Teague or some players like that. But um, but there was some some talk about they may have found a way to get off the Andrew Wiggins contract which is obviously a, a massive deal um, for a guy that hasn't been living up to it do you think that's realistic i mean how much would they would they have to pay to move that andrew wiggins contract at this point yeah that's one you know what was funny was i talked to at least eight different teams when now this was all going on on like 29th and the 30th mm-hmm. of june so this is two weeks ago and when i talked to those teams they were like who is it and I was like, I don't know, is it not you? And they're like, it's not us. Um, so no one knew. Um, there was a lot of, you know, again, people think, oh, Phoenix is dumb. They do dumb stuff. A lot of people thought it might have been Phoenix, mm-hmm. but Phoenix was insistent it wasn't them. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. He's you know, owed $122 million over the next four years. Now, they're saying the right things that they think that they there's something there. And I, I don't hate on Andrew Wiggins the way a lot of other people do. 
because I think there is still value to be found and gained in shooting the basketball and being able to score. Mm -hmm. And Wiggins can score. You know, this is a guy who can put up 20 points per game. And it's, you know, it, it, it has gotten to this point a little crazy to me, you know, how, you know, how much hate the guy gets. But, you know, that said, you're, you're locked in on him and Towns for the next four seasons. And then Towns has one more beyond it. But just for the two of them combined, 245 million. So that is, you know, I mean, there it is. You're, you're going to have to figure it out. Either Wiggins needs to step forward and go, you know, with that. But as far as Russell goes, yeah, they, they thought, um, you know, they could move. My guess is it was going to be Teague and Jang were going to go somewhere mm-hmm. um, versus Wiggins. That was just my guess. And then you retool around Towns, Wiggins, and Russell. Towns obviously thought they had Russell. I think Russell thought that's where he was going. And then, you know, obviously the whole warrior situation came up and, you know, full max deal, no other moves needed to be made because of the way they worked the, the double sign and trade with Kevin Durant. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, it, for Minnesota, they just feel like it's just going to be another last season. Yeah, you know what? I, I I don't hate Wiggins either. I think that he's he's an NBA player. It's just it's the contract, right? And there's a lot of yes. guys who just the the contract is more than you would want to be paying him based on what he's producing. So, um, so yeah, but it, he it, promised he'd work hard. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like the whole thing. Like, that's just crazy. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on to a team that has. Uh, well, I mean, look the the Lakers have Rajon Rondo, Quinn Cook. Anthony Davis and now DeMarcus Cousins kind of becoming the Pelicans 2.0 in a way. The Pelicans <laughs> are basically the Lakers 2.0 because now they've got Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Josh Hart. Uh, they just had Julius Randle and then he left. But man, what hell of an offseason for the New Orleans cool. Pelicans. I can't believe some of the things they've pulled off. And after seeing what Jackson Hayes has been doing to Summer League, like that move back from four to eight is looking pretty good. It's insane that a couple of years ago, Jackson Hayes averaged less than two points per game in high school. And now this guy looks like, you know, he, you know, maybe one of the, you know, better players in the draft, which sounds stupid because he was top 10 pick. But, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's crazy. They, they, you know, just, it was like move after move after move. We, we all, you know, we've already hashed through and debated the Anthony Davis trade, mm-hmm. you know, on a couple of different places. So, you know, without, you know, we're not going to relitigate that, but, you know, they did great in that deal and then you you know get zion obviously in the draft that's you know just a happy circumstance then they but then they signed jj reddick in free agency they pick up Derek favors as utah needed to shed some salary they um they they swing another trade which gets them the, the ability to draft hayes and uh, Nikhil alexander walker who you know is also looking very good here in summer league and then you know nicole melly a guy who a lot of people probably aren't overly familiar with but this is a guy who can really shoot the ball gives them a kind of a stretch um big element uh, there you know an italian guy who's been playing overseas for a number of years and then they re-signed darius miller who's kind of a co- comfort guy uh for for them and for the staff there and i think this is a team that's just going to be a lot of fun i don't there's a lot of you know people oh, i think they're definitely a playoff team that's that might be going a you know step too far i think you know i think they're really that's going to depend on Brandon Ingram coming back healthy, mm-hmm. continuing his development, Drew Holiday maybe stepping his game up a little bit, and obviously Zion coming in and being, you know, dominant. We um you know, we we, we saw him in his first summer league game and it was just ridiculous. You know, he tossed Kevin Kevin Knox around like a like a little boy 
like kind of how I treat my daughter in the driveway when we play, um, and then dunked and looked, and I, and that's what I do to her too. I dunk on her and then I let her know. You, you dunk you on know? your daughter and then you stare her of down. Of course, <laughs> you, yeah, you have to, right? That's you know she's gonna know, man. It's the real world out there. It's world stuff. Um, but you know, yeah, it's it really is. It's just you know there. And then when you look at just a couple other things on the roster. This team is set up to make deals in season if they need to. They've got all kinds of, you know, movable pieces and contracts and, you know, things. This is just, you know, David Griffin is, you know, maybe hit. Clippers probably, if we're going to pick a winner of the offseason, it's probably going to be them because they launched themselves in a title contender status. But I think the the Pelicans are going to be right up there, you know, when all is said and done. Yeah, for a team coming out of, of losing their star. You couldn't imagine yeah. a better scenario than what the the Pelicans are in right now. With I mean, first you know, winning the lottery obviously has a lot to do with that with Zion Williamson. But um, you know, I'm still really high on on what Lonzo Ball can can do. Look, he he was injured last summer, so people who were complaining they didn't see much growth. Well, he didn't get to work during the, the off season because he was hurt. Yeah. So now I think we're going to see a better Lonzo Ball than we've seen before. Uh, Brandon Ingram, people will, will forget, but in those, uh, that what, six weeks, basically the, in the calendar year of, of 2019, once the calendar flipped to 2019, he was playing at all-star level. I mean, he was putting up incredible numbers playing for, for the Lakers and looking so comfortable out on the floor. So that's a great piece. Josh Hart, if he's healthy, can be a, a wonderful piece for them. Uh, this is a team that, that, like you said, you wouldn't consider them necessarily a playoff team. I wouldn't be re- like the Phoenix Suns. I can say they're definitely not making the playoffs. If things break correctly for the Pelicans, I could see them sneaking into a playoff spot. Uh, yeah, I, th- that's it though. It's going to have it, to be sneaking in. Exactly. Like that, that's, that's going to be how, how they get there. So yeah, I, I don't have a problem with that. That's, you know, that, that's, that's absolutely fine. I think there is, you know, the chance that could be, you know, how it all goes down for them. So yeah, I, I think it is, um, you know, as I look at it, it really is, uh, they're they're going to be really interesting, right? Is I guess the best best way to put it. Yeah. Is you know I think they think there's a chance that they end up per, pretty good, and you know we'll 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 see you know where it all goes. I think they're going to be one of our favorite teams to watch over on uh, on League Pass. I think that's oh, that's, that's a safe yeah. thing to say. That is definitely true. Moving on to the Oklahoma City Thunder, and if you're listening earlier, you know that for this portion, it's going to be just me because again. First time through when we recorded it with Keith, um, the trade hadn't gone down yet. So I'm throwing this in after the fact on the Oklahoma City Thunder. So the Thunder decide to trade Russell Westbrook, which makes a ton of sense, right? They uh, Great move, by the way, trading Paul George. I love the way they extracted assets from the Los Angeles Clippers. They were able to get quite a haul for Paul George. In fact, you could argue that they extracted more than the Lakers, uh, than the Pelicans did from the Lakers in order to get Anthony Davis. And I'd say Anthony Davis is probably a little bit more valuable player, although Paul George is under contract uh, longer. Now look, Paul George, uh, he's coming off of two shoulder surgeries, so he's not even going to start the season healthy. So that's going to be something that, um, that, that would have negated some of his value, but the Thunder were able to still play the play the Clippers and basically say, look, you need Paul George in order to get Kawhi Leonard as well. And they got a, a ton of picks, right? A, an unprecedented haul of picks in exchange for Paul George. Plus, they got a guy I really like in Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And don't write off Danilo Gallinari. 
that guy's a good piece. Now, maybe they end up flipping him if this turns into a complete teardown, which appears to be the way they're going after the way the Thunder moved Jeremy Grant. By the way, they picked up another first rounder. Basically, the Thunder have all the first <laughs> first rounders in the next few drafts. And uh, and credit to Sam Presti for, uh, for setting that up. They really have a bright future. And this is something that I mentioned in the first go-round with Keith. I think that the Thunder may be better off. They may actually be better off this way because... Their team, as it was constructed, they probably weren't winning an NBA championship with Paul George and Russell Westbrook. Look, good team, right? Steven Adams in there as well. Good team, a lot of potential, right? Could, it would be a tough out in the playoffs, but I don't think anybody was looking at them and going, okay, that's that's the team that's going to take home the championship compared to some of the other contenders in the West. But they're good enough to where they could sell themselves on the idea that they are a legit contender. They could talk themselves into it. They could convince themselves. And then that would prevent them from tearing this thing down. And where teams get in trouble is as these contracts, as more years goes off, go off these contracts, especially a guy like Paul George, um, they become more problematic to move. Or maybe not problematic is the word I want to go with, but, but less valuable, right? When you've got Paul George and you still have a few more years under contract, teams are typically going to be willing to pay a little bit more than if it's Paul George and you're trading him at the trade deadline in February and in July, he's going to become a free agent. Teams typically aren't willing to give up a ton in that scenario because of the fear that, okay, we're going to have the guy for two months and then he's gone. He's going to leave as a free agent. He's going to go somewhere else. So that's a tricky situation. Um, by doing it now, I think they were able to get the best possible value. And maybe it wasn't what the Thunder wanted to do, okay, tearing down right now. In fact, I don't think it was. Um, based on their their moves, you look at at what happened with uh, with Alec Burks and with uh, with Mike Muscala. So these are two free agents that they signed, guys. They signed it to minimum deals and and all of that. So that's fine. Okay, no, no problem with the contracts there. But um, they had to go to them after Paul George came and, and requested a trade. The Thunder went back, and by the way, to their credit, this is a pretty honorable thing to do here. They went back to Alec Burks, they went back to Mike Muscala, and they said, "Hey, look, um, the situation has changed, obviously." Our priorities are changing, okay? Now that Paul George has requested a trade, now that we've had to ship him out. Um, so your contracts aren't signed yet. We will still honor them. We will still sign you to the deals that we offered. But if you want to reevaluate and if you want to go somewhere else, we won't hold you to it. We're going to give you this opportunity because our situation isn't the same as when we signed you or as when we came to this agreement. And that's, um, that's to, again, to their credit. That's, the, that's a stand-up thing to do to go to those guys. And Alec Burks actually wound up going to the Golden State Warriors. Mike Pascala said, no, I'm good. I'll, I'll stick with you guys. Um, but so anyway, the Thunder now are in a situation where they've got a ton of assets moving forward with these draft picks. Yes, they've lost a lot of talent. But the big question now for them, you've got Nerlens Noel on a one-year deal. You've got some young guys. What do you do with Chris Paul? Because certainly absorbing Chris Paul's contract couldn't have been an ideal scenario for them. Because obviously the Thunder are going to be heading into a rebuild. Like it wouldn't shock me at all to see Steven Adams move next. Okay. And he's got a big deal, pays him 25, almost 26 million uh, in 2019, 2020, and then 27 and a half million in 2020, 2021. So that may be difficult to, um, to move him, but look, he's good enough to where some team at some point will probably talk themselves into it. You can probably move him for some sort of positive value or at the very least neutral value. That's more of a future piece. Okay. 
Uh, Gallinari is, is on an expiring deal, so that's going to be uh, an interesting addition there. You can you can keep him around. Maybe you hang on to him, and then you wait till the trade deadline, and you flip him for something, right? When uh, when a team realizes, hey, we need a little bit more scoring punch, he'd be a pretty good guy to go with. But Shea Gilgis-Alexander plays point guard, and he's a guy that you really want to build around. Well, guess what? Chris Paul also plays point guard. And Chris Paul's got this big contract that's not going to be easy to move. Um, Miami has already popped up as a possible landing spot because... Um, they were a possible landing spot for Russell Westbrook. But I'd have to imagine that Miami is less interested in Chris Paul than they were in Russell Westbrook. So what kind of assets do, do the Oklahoma City Thunder have to attach to Chris Paul in order to get Miami interested in absorbing his salary? Because that's really what we're talking about here, right? You, Chris Paul is is definitely on the downward swing of his career. He's getting up there in years. And you're probably going to have to give up something in order to clear them off your books. Are the Thunder willing to do that? Um, that's the question. Things could get pretty messy here. I know that there were a lot of people that uh, on Twitter, as soon as the trade went down, they started saying, oh, the, the Thunder should just buy out Chris Paul. No, Chris Paul still has three years left on his deal. That buyout would be so expensive. To have that dead money sitting on your books would be insane. There's no way they're going to do that. Perhaps they can't find a spot to move him to. Look, if he doesn't go to Miami, I have a hard time seeing where he's going to go. Um, a lot of teams in the league don't really have a whole lot of use for him or don't have the ability to trade for him because his salary is so big. They just don't have the contracts that can match it. You know, uh, look at like a team like the Lakers would probably love to have Chris Paul at the right price, but they don't have the salaries to match a, a trade for him. So they can't do it. Um, so there's a lot of teams out there that um, that can't fit both of those requirements. You have to find a team that, that one, wants Chris Paul, and two, has the contracts necessary to trade for Chris Paul. And that's going to be, look, that's going to be tough. Not going to be easy for the Thunder. So the big question now is going to be what they do with, with CP3. How do they handle that situation? Clearly, um, they're trending towards a rebuild. I wouldn't be surprised if there's more moves coming here. Uh, with guys like Steven Adams and some other players. But the bottom line is that they are they have set themselves up really well. They've got plenty of draft picks moving forward. They can rebound fairly quickly here, especially if they're able to really kind of uh, gut themselves of a lot of their talent and just focus on picks, focus on getting a high pick in next year's draft. That means losing a lot of games and all of that. They can rebuild quickly based around the number of assets that they have. But again, it's going to be, uh, there's going to be all eyes on Chris Paul because look, he can't be happy. There's no way he's happy with getting traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder, a team that is now looking like they're being pushed into a rebuild, probably not hoping to make the playoffs here in Oklahoma City. And now Chris Paul, an aging Chris Paul, who only has however many years left in him, he's not going to want to spend his time on an Oklahoma City Thunder team that's not competing for championships. So definitely going to be a situation to keep a close eye on. But again, overall, I like what the Thunder have done, even if they were kind of pushed into it. I think this was the right way for them to go, and they could very well wind up better off because of it. All right, let's let's move on to a team whose offseason, uh, I was maybe, maybe out of the entire <laughs> league. This was my least favorite offseason. And and that's the Phoenix Suns. Uh, You're being I, very kind. Yes, I'm going to be as nice as possible as I can. Look, Phoenix Suns fans are, are long suffering at this point. The seven seconds or last days are, are long gone. But hey, Keith, what the hell are the Suns doing? I I don't know, man. I, I can't explain it. It didn't make you know a whole lot of sense. I, you know, the the trade to pick up Sharch and the pick 
that's fine. But then you pick Cameron Johnson when people had him as a you know, guy maybe in the top 20 at best. Yeah. I'd um, rather you know, have range and yeah, Why not just take yeah, Culver. Yeah. I mean, he's right. Or, yeah. or if he, they really needed a point guard, Kobe White was still there. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's tough, you know, and then, you know, they go and get Ricky Rubio, who I think is going to be good next to Booker. I think he, you know, Booker masks his weaknesses. He Mm -hmm. masks Booker's weaknesses, but I think you're trying to transition where Booker has the ball a lot more. And then, you know, Rubio's eh, questionable off the ball. That's why Utah didn't make, you know, a huge effort to bring him back. They got Aaron Baines at the draft because they picked up Ty Jerome as they helped Boston shed some salary. Uh, Javon Carter comes in, but now Javon Carter is, you know, in this, it's weird. They went, they they went from a team with no point guards to now they have like too many, but none of them are. Yeah, we don't know if any of them are going to be really good. Um, Frank Kaminsky, you know, signed. That's odd. They re-signed Kelly Uber Jr. That's the one move I really did like for them. Right. Even if at this point in the offseason, they might have paid him too much. They gave him $15 million a year uh, for the next two seasons. Like, that's a little weird. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I want to like some of their pieces, like I like Aiden, I like Booker, I like Mikhail Bridges. Um, I thought they did well to get off mm-hmm. Josh Jackson and get him out of there. But, you know, at this point, I I don't know. It just, I, the whole thing just kind of leaves me feeling cold. And, and I do, I'm with you. I look at it and say, yeah, they're just going to stink again. I mean, look, they, the, the Josh Jackson thing, they, they kind of paid to get rid of Josh Jackson. Like they paid someone else to take. That's not what you want to do with a number four pick. Yeah. Even, yeah. And obviously there was uh, plenty of issues there. But but then on top of that, I, I keep going back to it. And I don't mean to harp on it too much, but uh, but the T.J. Warren trade, that yeah. that oh, just man. that made no Please, sense. I forgot about that one. Yeah. Like he's, he yeah, was well, a, you know a good player. And that one made sense. When it looked like, okay, they're, they're dumping salary. They right. are shedding salary. That's what, what's happening heading into the draft. But then it came back with, no, we're going to actually add salary to bring on Dario Sarge. So, you know, which I, I don't know. And I, and I love Dario Sarge. I think he's really good. And I think he can be, you know, really good alongside DeAndre Ayton. But, you know, I, I don't know. Now you got to pay him next year. And this is a team that could get super expensive really fast. And yeah, it's just, it's, it continues to be a confusing mess. And it's, it's funny that you said, what the hell are they doing? I probably had that conversation more than almost any conversation I had here at Summer League. You know, yeah, it was it's, just, it's not what the just hell is us. Phoenix doing? Yeah, no, this, yeah, this isn't just us thinking this. This is People around the like other executives yeah, yeah, are like, exactly. what are they doing? Yep. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's funny, you know, because where I'm a you know known as a cap guy, they'll say, Harry, you're a cap guy, you're removed from it. What, what do you see that we're all missing? And I'm like. I, I don't, I don't see, you know, I, I don't, I don't, you know, you know, here's what I hope for. I hope Phoenix has some awesome plan that we all look stupid in, you know, a year from now. And it's like, holy crap, man, they, they did see it through. I just, you know, very, I think, uh, uh, reasonably have my doubts. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. That's, uh, that's pretty much where we're sitting. And that's a, that's about the best case scenario for the Suns at this point. Um, all right. The Portland Trailblazers, expensive team. Certainly, yeah. in the, the salaries that they've got on the books. But you know what? This is a team that, that made some serious noise in the playoffs. This is a team that you can never count out. I, they've always been right there, not quite ready to put them into that title contender status. But uh, but gosh, they, they made a really nice run, made it to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, picked up Hassan Whiteside, which I liked, given what's going on uh, with uh, with Nurkic and his injury. It sounded like he was going to be out for a little while, so Whiteside... Uh, will be a nice fill-in there after losing Ennis Cantor to the Boston Celtics. Uh, I'm a fan of Zach Collins. I like what he can do for them off the bench. Not a ton of moves to make here, but I still think the core of the Blazers is is solid. At some point, I wonder if they're going to have to blow it up, but I don't think they're there yet. 
Yeah, that's exactly that. I think you're going to see let's run it back one more year. Um, They're obviously committed to Damian Lillard as he signed a Supermax extension, which will carry through the 2024-2025 season, which just that sounds like it's so far away. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so he's a he is he is inked that added um, four years and one hundred and ninety one million to his contract. Yeah. So big, big, big deal out there. It is, um, you know, amongst the biggest contracts that's uh, floating around out there. But, you know, overall, it was, you know, that was the move they felt like they needed to make um, to keep him there. He wants to be there, which is pretty cool. You know, this is kind of how the Supermax should work. Now, I've had a lot of people say, yeah, but now they're going to pay him, you know, $200 million. And it's like, yeah, but he's, you know, he's, you know, he's not old, you know, he only just turned 29, right. you know, his game should age, you know, fairly well. So, you know, we'll see, but you know, and then they re-signed Rodney Hood. I like that one. They traded for Kent Bazemore, who I think should, should make some sense for them. Um, you know, Whiteside, you know, more than capable fill in for Nurkic till he gets back. That'll probably happen sometime, you know, after the holidays, after the first of the year and they're missing, they still need another couple forwards. I think, I, I think they're just this kind of weird mix of centers and guards um i'll tell you though guy who has just absolutely been on fire all summer league that everybody needs to keep an eye on anthony simons he has been awesome out here that's my guy my orlando kid you know i'm super excited you know for him they would not even talk about him in trade talks you know unless teams were really willing to pay um so i think you know i think he's gonna blossom into a rotation player for them Mm -hmm. this year behind lillard and mccollum and i think he's gonna have a big big season you know i wonder um and i agree i think that he's a he's a nice young player for them I wonder how much the Al Farouk Amino loss. He went over to the, the Orlando Magic. If that's going to impact them, obviously their their wing defense. Um, maybe and maybe Kent Bazemore helps mitigate that loss a little bit. Yeah, I think he helps a little bit. Your your thing is Amino was like their version of Draymond Green, right? Where you could you know you could really he can cover anybody three through five, you know, and that's their um you know, now they don't have that Anthony Tolliver, I think a little bit of an underrated signing. You know, he'll come in and play play the four or five off the bench. He's one of the better shooting bigs still in the game. So it gives him a little bit more of a consistent stretch element there. But yeah, and I think, you know, they, they feel like, just as you look at their roster, doesn't it feel like they've got like a trade in them somewhere mm-hmm. in season, you know, to maybe make a big swing? Maybe it's finally the Kevin Love trade, you know, we've all heard about for, you know, feels like a million years now. Maybe they finally do that one because because they really are with, with that big deal for, for Dame on the books. You are kind of pot committed, you know, for the future here in Portland. All right, so let's let's jump over to the Sacramento Kings. We'll head south just a little bit here. Uh, the Kings, you know, what one of the surprise teams that were, I mean, surprisingly enjoyable. The Kings have been a miserable team to follow for, I mean, it seems like what decades now. Uh, yeah. But they they really kind of turned things around last season. They were a ton of fun to watch. Played at a super fast pace. De'Aaron Fox really came into his own. Buddy Heald getting buckets out there for them. Uh, team certainly on the rise, and they've got some young, uh, some young talent with Mar- uh, Marvin Bagley. Uh, some some good things here. Things are kind of looking up for the Sacramento Kings, and then they they retained Harrison Barnes, who I thought was a, a good get for them last season. Maybe you can argue that it's that it's a bit much to give for him. Um, I also like the addition of Dwayne Dedman. I think he's a nice uh, rangy center, and again, even if maybe you did overpay a little bit, but it, for the Kings to go play in Sacramento, you're going to have to overpay players a little bit. Um, just to kind of, kind of play that, pay that Kings tax, but overall, you know, I think this is still going to be another fun team this season, uh, adding Trevor Ariza, Corey Joseph, some good pieces, but, uh, again, I, I think they overpaid for most of the players they brought in. Uh, but still, I, I think this is going to be an exciting team once again. 
Yeah, what I like about it is they only overpaid a little bit mm-hmm. for all those yeah, guys. Yeah, it wasn't a lot. Yeah, maybe Barnes, that one, maybe. But, you know, again, I go back to what I said about Andrew Wiggins. Harrison Barnes can score. Scoring mm-hmm. still has value. To win games, you need to score. Like, this is, you know, one of those things I don't mind when teams do this. This is, you know, perfectly fine. Um, and the good thing is Barnes' deal is declining. Ariza has come out. Ariza's deal is really a one-year, right. um, $14 million deal because there's only one point eight million guaranteed on that second year um uh deadman's is 13.3 flat joseph 12 and then 12.6 that's fine you know all, all these deals are fine they also grab rashawn holmes who you know that might be a little overkill up front now, now you've got all sorts of bigs right but you know with 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 the way teams are resting guys and spotting guys and bagley had a couple injury issues you know there so yeah this team i think has a chance to really take that step forward i think just what hurts them is it feels like everybody else in the west either got better and no one really got worse. Right. So I think that's 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 what what they're facing now. But is you know I like that they you know kind of pushed forward without doing something really silly and dumb. Like they didn't go all right. Well, we're going to spend all our money on this one guy and you know really really get in there. You know, there's all these talks about Tobias Harris. Right. Yeah. You know, well, I like the combination of Barnes and Deadman or Barnes and Joseph or however you want to look at that. Or or even a Reza Joseph and. Um, Deadman together, I like that. Those three better than paying Harris, you know, the one max contract. I think, you know, that that shows good decision making. And I think this, you know, is a team where now, um, you know, they, they have a chance, you know, under Luke Walden, we'll, you know, see how his situation resolves, um, you know, but get all kinds of pieces that he can mix and match here. They can play a lot of, you know, different ways. And, you know, I think as long as they continue to push the ball and play up tempo, that they're going to be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. They, and they are going to play fast. They're going to be fun to watch. I don't see them as necessarily a playoff team, but they're that team that look any given Wednesday night, they're going to catch some teams and they're going to just, yeah. just outrun teams. And, and that's going to be an issue. Um, and somebody who, somebody who we think is going to be really good is going to have injuries and they're just mm-hmm. not going to come together the way we think. And Sacramento's going to be right there knocking on the door to try to get, get into the playoffs. Let's, uh, let's jump over now to the San Antonio Spurs, the, the ever present San Antonio Spurs who just, they never seem to seem to die. The Spurs find ways. They've got some young players. Lonnie Walker was looking good. Uh, in summer league. And then they've got, uh, Derek White, of course, who was great for them last season. They've got, they've got some young guys here that DeJounte are Murray up. coming back. Yes. DeJounte Murray coming back is, is huge for them. I did think they gave Rudy Gay a little bit, a little bit much. And then, uh, we're definitely going to have to talk about this Marcus Morris situation because sure. my goodness. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's break it down. What happened here is the Spurs said, hey, we want to bring in Damari Carroll, who they agreed to terms pretty early on um, in the, uh, the free agency process. Mm-hmm. Carroll, that's like perfect spur. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, he's a guy you kind of always, I think. It's kind of funny. Like, had he retired, we were like, when did he play with the Spurs? And it's like, oh, he never did. Like, now he's going to get that chance because right. um, he just seems like that guy. So what they did was they'd already agreed with Carroll, where Carroll was going to get a good chunk of the non-taxpayer mid-level. But then what they said was, well, hey, we have this chance at Marcus Morris, who kind of hung out there on the free agent market longer than anybody thought. So what they did was they traded Davis Bertans' $7 million salary into a trade exception for Washington, which that's a great get for Washington. Yeah. Um, I know we already talked about them but we'll talk about them in a future show again more as we kind of regroup on some of this stuff with these teams but you know they trade him out that creates a seven million dollar trade exception they agree to a sign and trade with brooklyn which costs them the draft rights to a guy who's 
boyfriend's probably never going to come over. Um, and that's how they fit Carolyn. That frees up the full mid-level. They give that to Marcus Morris. And all of a sudden it looks like, man, the Spurs, you know, they added a couple good players here for, you know, really not, you know, much. But then it turned into Reggie Bullock. It sounds like maybe there was an issue with his physical with the Knicks. So they backed out of that deal. And now more the Knicks went to Morris and said, hey, we can give you $15 million for one year versus the Spurs who were giving them, you know, about 19 over two. And it sounds like Morris is maybe on the fence of backing out of that contract. My my buddy Jared Weiss, who covers the, the Celtics and the league as a whole for the athletic, uh, kind of pontificated like, there needs to be something done about this. Mm-hmm. Yo, now it's tough because these are all you know, theoretical agreements, right? And he went a little overboard, though. He was saying, like, ban the player for a year. Yeah, and for a year. Yeah, I don't, yeah. yeah I, think, I think his mindset is in the right place of, like, there needs to be – this needs to be fixed because this right. is – because it's, it's good, right, because now – Right, because think about it, if you're the Spurs, you gave up Bertans, and how did you do that for nothing? And you know that could cause some 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 issues down the line. So I think he's he's on the right track as far as this is a this could be a problem. How you get there? That's I don't begin to have that answer, and I and I I don't think he really did either when he tweeted about it. I I think he'll uh, you know rethink that, maybe write a piece on it and flush it more out. Mm-hmm. What he was thinking, but anyway, so now they're kind of in a holding pattern here a little which is fine because they'll either get more so they'll just use that exception elsewhere or in season or something else but but yeah but now it looks like you know they might have lost davis bertans for for really for nothing and that that's tough yeah certainly and and look jared is right that that something needs to be needs to be done but at the same time like a lot of this is happening after the moratorium was lifted Mm -hmm. i mean if you're the spurs you should have just got him signed like right away right i mean they should have it, once he agreed, they needed to get that signature on on paper. Maybe Morris, you know, uh, was was wavering on it or, or something. But uh, but the bottom line is, yes, it's a, it's a bad look for everybody involved if there's a verbal agreement and then a team goes and makes moves around that agreement and then yep. that player changes his mind, or even if the the team were to change his mind, change their mind. Although I think that would kind of ruin their reputation moving forward if a team were to back out like this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Te- teams are not going to do it because then agents are going to, you know, go out or or we we kind of talked about paying a tax mm-hmm. to get guys like you're going to have to really overpay right. to get guys in. But you know, at the end of the day, the Spurs are going to be the Spurs. I'm not going to be dumb enough to pick them to miss the playoffs again this year. I say that now in you know the middle of July. We'll see. You know, when it comes time to actually put picks in in the middle of August or middle of October, rather. Um, you know, but they're they're just going to be good again they're just going to keep this thing cranking and moving forward and you know and now now the the position i'm really curious to watch is the point guard spot because you've got mari you've got white patty mills still is a point guard Bryn forbes is more of a point guard than he is anything else um you know so that's that's something kind of curious but greg popovich will make it work he'll you know run out these all kinds of goofy lineups and mix and match guys all together and they'll you know and then Come, come, uh, you know, April, everybody will be like, man, the Spurs are going to be standing across the way playing some team that doesn't want to play them in the first round. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that just always seems to be the case. Um, before we wrap up here with the Utah Jazz, um, we, we should mention, and you meant you, us talking about teams going back on deals. Um, the Oklahoma City Thunder, I thought, did a pretty commendable thing with Alec Burks and Mike Muscala by going to them yeah. after the Paul George thing and saying, hey, look, we came to these agreements with you guys. Obviously, our team is going to be different than what we sold you on. If you still want the deal, we're happy to sign you to it, 
or no hard feelings if you would like to go and look elsewhere. And I thought, I thought that was a, a really good way to go about things. And that's going to generate some goodwill, um, around the league towards them. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're the Thunder, the reality is these are a couple guys who are coming in on minimum contracts anyway mm -hmm. for you. So it really is just kind of, well, why not, you know, let these guys go. But yeah, I think, um, I, I do. I, yeah, you're a spot on with that. It's the right thing to do. You know, let these guys go find something else. Mascala obviously decided, no, I'm still good to stay because right. quite frankly, I don't think it anyone else was giving them a no. two year you know, <laughs> deal at the minimum, but yeah, we'll, we'll see, you know, where, where it all, you know, play, plays out with him. All right, man, let's finish this let's marathon out with the jazz. So the Utah jazz, one of my favorite teams at this point, you know, yeah. I, I enjoy watching the way their offense clicks. I, I thought, you know, I bogged down a bit in the play which we knew was probably going to happen. But uh, on any given night during the regular season, they were a lot of fun to watch. And then you go and you add a couple of pieces like Mike Conley and Bojan Bogdanovic. And that's um, this is going to be a formidable, formidable team. This may be one of my favorite teams in the Western Conference at this point, given what they've added to what they already had with, with guys like Gobert and, and Joe Ingles and then, uh, of course, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, absolutely. And you touched on the offense thing. One one of the things that happens is they run more sets than probably any team in the league. Like their offense is very predicated on precision and running their stuff. And when it looks good, it looks really good, which is why they tend to they take a little while to get going in the regular season. But once they get clicking, you know, it's usually right around the first of the year and after you start hearing all those things. The Jazz are, you know, forty two and ten or you know, whatever it is in their last fifty games, mm -hmm. you know, and those kind of stats. And it is um they 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 do look really really good but then in the playoffs when you're seeing the same team four five six seven times in a row they start to get to know those sets and they can really prep for those because you know when it's night tonight in the regular season you can't really game plan right. for people you just kind of gotta gotta do you know do it you know your way but so what ends up what has ended up happening to them is Things break down and puts a lot on Donovan Mitchell because now your you know team shut those sets down. You're you know under five on the shot clock and it puts it all on Mitchell to create. Now you get Conley and Bogdanovich who can help with that. And that's going to be huge um, for them creating there. Also, you know Favors is a huge loss for them because not only was he their starting power forward, he was also the backup center. But rebounding by getting Ed Davis for the room exception, I love it. That's that's one of the best deals of the summer. Yep. You know how how teams keep. Letting this guy get signed just for the room exception is crazy to me. You know, he's going to come in. He's going to be the backup that they really never had for Gobert. They can probably spot him a little more rest. You can't really play the two of them together like you could with favors, um, but that's fine. Um, you know, they're going to they're going to start a little small with Bogdanovich at the four. And, you know, we'll see how that works. But Gobert's kind of he's a big eraser back there. He'll do a lot of things. Um, Jeff Green added as a you know veteran off the bench. Emmanuel Moutier kind of guy comes in. He can you know, back up Connolly at the point, score a little bit if needed. And then if Dante Exum you know, continues to be injured and hurt all the time, you know, we'll see with that. They're able to keep Royce O'Neal, who's been a become a key role player for them. So, yeah, all around, I think the Jazz look good and totally. Tony Bradley, um, just to kind of throw it out there with a qualifier of its only summer league, finally showing a little bit of signs of life. So maybe you've got even a little bit of something there at the center spot as well for your kind of third big. And then they've got a few roster spots left to fill. So they're, they, they're, they're all out of money. It's going to be all exceptions, but they're, they're 19 million plus underneath the tax. So, you know, all kinds of room for them to do stuff there. And that Exum contract, if you look at it, 9.6 million. That's pretty nice if you package that with Bradley, you know, in a trade or something like that. There's the, the Jazz are going to be really, really good this year. And I think, you know, if it wasn't for what the L.A. teams did and, you know, kind of, you know, going 
crazy with the superstars added. We would look at it and say, man, the Jazz might have had the best offseason of anyone. Yeah, they, they really did a tremendous job. And just another reason why the Western Conference is going to be absolutely insane this season because Utah hasn't gotten nearly enough coverage, but they had a wonderful, wonderful offseason. I love their additions, and uh, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're going to be, you know, tough um, night in, night out. Again, I think they another team that could could maybe start a little bit slow because I think it just takes them a little while to get get things humming there. But once they do, they're they're going to be good. And now, you know, one of their biggest issues was in the playoffs shot creation, and they really, you know, got got that cleaned up with the additions of Connolly and Bogdanovich. So I think, you know, this is a team. I think their defense maybe slides back just a little bit, but I think their offensive improvement is going to more than make up for that. Right. Agreed. All right, Keith. Let's uh, let's wrap things up there. Um, I, I think that was a pretty good good uh, what hour and hour and ten hour and fifteen minutes here on uh, on the Western Conference. I think we broke everything down there. Uh, last thoughts? Anything to wrap up with, and then we'll uh, we'll call it a day. No, man. I've got um, a big piece coming out for Real GM. I do it every year. I you know you you know I bounce all over the gym, mm-hmm. uh, talking to everybody I can in summer league, and some some of those conversations happen. You know when you're out waiting for the car to pick you up, or you know you're uh, back in your hotel and those kind of things. And and I take all kinds of notes. Um, so I've got an overflowing notebook that I can't wait. I get all kinds of little goodies in there. You know th- things teams are thinking about certain guys and and those kind of things. So I'm super excited to to write that piece. I'm gonna start working on that. I'm flight home tomorrow as i head back to to orlando thank god finally um you know i'm finally headed home so i can't can't wait for that but you know i do want to just close with is as much as you know i can't wait to go home if anybody ever gets the chance to come to summer league even as a fan you got to do it because it's 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 an environment you're never going to get this opportunity anywhere else and you know it's because it's las vegas and so many of these guys are out this way anyway you get all kinds of people showing up i mean anthony davis and lebron think we're at every laker game um, you know, and then, then they were, you know, kind of around for people to take pictures and, you know, they signed a handful of autographs and those kind of things. So I just think, you know, it's so, it's, it's such a cool environment. So if you get a chance to check it out, you know, definitely come and check that out. A hundred percent. Yep. Yep. Summer league is its own, its own animal, ton of fun. Make sure you guys go, go check it out put that on your bucket list. Go to summer league, go, go be part of the experience. All right, guys, that's uh, that's it for today. Don't forget, guys, head over to Apple Podcasts. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to this show. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, you can follow Keith on Twitter, at KeithSmithNBA. He keeps you updated on all the latest cap happenings and uh, has tons of great info on there. You can follow me, at Trevor underscore Lane. Till next time, see ya. <laughs>